proper bonus episode because we have some things to say. <laughs> Eva has some things to pop off about. I so I'll just listen and support. I, no, I just want to bring up like I it's okay. So we're in let's set the scene. We're in level five. We know this. Um, we anticipated this. POV for me, and we're in level five. <laughs> yeah, but like we're in level five. And obviously it's different this time around because we've already been through a lockdown. And before the last lockdown, we didn't know how long it was going to last. Um, and it was obviously not as bad. We'd, like, you know, people hadn't died and people hadn't had lifelong debilitating um, effects due to COVID. And now they do. And that's why I don't understand everything that's happened like with people with all the backlash against the lockdown like I can understand people being upset that they can't see their families and you know the restrictions around um seeing family members are really unclear it's it's like because we don't know because my grandmother lives on the south side and we don't know if to set if it's essential for us to go to her because she can't do her own shopping she can't she can't drive she can't she can barely walk because she is 85 you are allowed to visit um relatives or like people within your bowl socially distantly on yeah grounds and that's definitely compassionate like ground. yeah you care for an elderly person or someone who lives alone that is very much yeah. like compassionate grounds you're allowed to help people but i do i do kind of understand the frustration of lockdown like i understand it's hard but i also understand it's necessary i think the yeah. problem isn't necessarily the lockdown itself it's the lack of safety nets put in place by the government and yes exactly but there's for a lot of businesses they're still being charged rent even though they're not selling they can't do anything they can't trade which look that's the way it has to be but the thing is the government should bring in things to protect these people yeah recently they got rid of the was it a cap on mortgages i can't remember exactly what there yeah there was a yeah there yeah there was a thing put in place to say you could if you fell behind on mortgage payments it didn't matter during yeah um the pandemic and uh i think esb one of the electricity companies has said that even if you don't pay your bills on time you won't be cut off yeah um which is good and all companies should be there should be subsidies by the irish government to ease bills paid by irish people and i know that is a complete like you know a a wishful thinking scenario but I just realized that like because it's winter as well we're all going to be in the house all day you know like because Ireland is shit for you know going outside and the weather is so unpredictable there's no real facilities unless you're going on a walk which is the only thing we can do during level five no so in one of I I'm lucky enough that I do still have um, a couple of in-person practical classes but someone yeah. made a point during one of our discussions and said it became extremely evident during the lockdown that Ireland doesn't have social infrastructure. Um, public amenities and I'm not talking about like places for people to gather that's what I'm not talking about literally just having like benches for people to sit down toilets on. in public toilets. there's no public toilets in Ireland there's uh, there's absolutely none of that and now that a pandemic has hit and we're all stuck outside you can't even sit down and I understand like no we shouldn't be gathering or congregating but compared to a lot of other countries we don't have any of these amenities in place like yeah we do have the occasional like like park bench but that's about (laughs) (laughs) the the government was like here here you go and it was just like one tiny bench (laughs) thank you park bench is a gift oh it's just like and then, like, there's a few things I want to talk about in this bonus episode. I want to talk about the gym debate um, because it's just getting out of hand. It's really making people turn against each other. And I think it's because people can't really phrase why they think gyms are so important. Um, and I'm, per- I'm against, I don't really care. It doesn't affect me. I'm, I use Trinity Gym very sporadically. I'm actually, I'm a swimmer as my form of exercise because I feel like it helps my muscles relax. I get chronic pain a lot. Like it's a very, it's a relaxing exercise. I like running outdoors with people I know. Um, that's how I exercise. And like, I get that gyms are 
can be a way for people to channel mental health, especially Irish men who are infamous for not going and seeking out help. But I, I think people are unnecessarily buying into this narrative and being like, oh, gyms are for mental health. When a lot of people who are pushing for this opening of gyms are people who are going to make monetary losses from the closing of gyms. And I think a lot of people are using a monetary gain to hide their, like, they're using mental health to hide their monetary gain. And this is, like, um, it's happened before, too. Like, this is definitely something we have to be very aware of um, when we're having a lot of these discussions, especially when it comes to lockdown. We have to be aware where people are coming from when they're making these debates. Now, some debates, I think, are very compassionate and need to be had, but other debates are kind of pushed by lobbyists, pushed by people making mm-hmm. making losses. That's why we saw the pubs opening so early. There was a push from um like the drinks lobby, I think I can't remember exactly what it's called, to mm-hmm. basically bring um pubs back up. And I feel like we wouldn't be in as bad of a situation now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if we had stuck to the original plan. I feel mm-hmm. like if we had brought it more gradually and people weren't just like, it went from like zero to 100, we're all let out, we all go a bit crazy. Because we did, mm-hmm. like everyone went a bit stir. Everyone, every, I think no person can say that they didn't. And like the people who, who can say that they didn't are probably old and immunocompromised. Any young, healthy person has violated COVID guidelines at some point. It is to the degree which you violated them is my issue um like we've all met up with people and hugged and things but we all reassured each other that we hadn't had any symptoms in the past two weeks etc etc I just it's just like I hate that people are turning against each other you know it's the curtain twitching it's the it's the calling people out uh kind of mentality and I feel myself snipping into it and it's so it's too negative thing to have isn't it when you when you are trying so hard and other people are going to anti-mask marches and there's no guardy presence yeah oh yeah sorry I look I will say like I've absolutely been no angel in that like obviously mm-hmm. I've not been going to anti-mask um rallies I'll make that very clear but like mm-hmm. the, like the thing is like I'll be perfectly honest like me and you recorded episodes together we were yeah with each other and stuff and like we were technically well we were you were allowed one visitor yeah from one household at the time so like yeah socially distanced and we probably didn't stay socially distanced as we should have stuff like like I'm definitely aware of it and I definitely like I'm like okay I should have copped on I should have been a lot more aware I should have been a lot more careful Mm -hmm. yes like I go back into the past and fix that I can admit to it and go okay maybe we shouldn't Mm -hmm. have done that but like it's like the thing is is that like people are getting just as upset with like certain scenarios as they are with like anti-mask protests and Mm -hmm. I think different like okay I'm not very like I'm not being very eloquent here I don't really want to dig myself into a hole either but Mm -hmm. when it comes to anti-mask protests like it's kind of astonishing how much they're getting away with it's I know and I I just and I because we so before this episode me and Lucy were we always have a chat we always like talk about what we're going to talk about and I, I actually today I saw what had happened at the Nigerian embassy last night in Dublin there was a protest um, against SARS and we're going to talk about um, the basically what's happening in Nigeria um, I'll give kind of a, a brief background at the moment, so there's many protests happening across the world um, in support of Nigeria because, um, in a word, in the words of a lot of Nigerian protesters, it's a failed state. Um, and basically, the Special Anti-Robbery Squad or SARS is a special unit within the Nigerian police force. This unit has been using violence, torture, and extortion against the civilians. Um, it was meant to protect. It has become a threat to the livelihood of all Nigerian citizens, especially youth and women. Um, So it's a violation of human rights that's happening. And so a video has surfaced on Twitter of SARS officers raiding a hotel, dragging two men outside and injuring them. Um, And then so that's when SARS started to take off. And then two prominent celebrities said they're going to march the governors and commission of the police of uh, Lagos's houses. Um, And last Thursday or the uh, 8th of October, 
which is yeah because this uh fact sheet was sent to me last week um so it was the first day people protested and since then more and more people have been mobilized across nigeria and um, both the president and the governor were silent throughout all these protests and many leaders aren't saying anything so basically the violation of human rights in Nigeria is a major issue and it is a major human rights issue and it's something that uh, people across the UN should be acknowledging it should be something that the world is outraged by and naturally Nigerian citizens and people who support human rights in Ireland were also outraged and wanted to show their support just as we did during Black Lives Matter just as we did you know throughout the summer when it came to social issues and so there was a protest at the Nigerian embassy in support of ending SARS last night there was a massive Gardi presence at the march today across town, nothing. There was no indication of riot police. There was no indication that this march would be shut down. And I like, and I, <laughs> I am just so fed up with Michal Martin, Leo Vradker and Eamon Ryan not saying anything about these anti-mask protests because like, it's not like they're gonna be offending their voter base because these people don't trust the government. So like, give the people who might like it, I'm not saying that I would support Nihal Martin if he threw me this bone, but it'd be a bit reassuring if he would acknowledge that there are these far right, like factions of society that are dramatically increasing as much as lockdown goes on. It'd be great if he acknowledged them said that they were bad people he's, he's just not denounced none of them are denouncing it and I'm just so fed up of no one in the Irish media calling like calling it out saying like calling it is what it is um like the Kira Kelly stuff and everything it's just tiring to see people not realize like how dangerous this is because like the far right in america was building has been building up since its beginning but like we saw it rear its ugly head in charlottesville you know and the president didn't denounce that and it's just it's it's equally as dangerous even more so because it is race it is racist far right people um gathering more followers under the guise of them being against pedophilia and against masks and against lockdown yeah, I don't get whether that like I, I heard someone mention that before that they're like protesting against pedophilia and I was like, where is um, it? It is a clever marketing technique that is often used by far right people. They use it. So if you denounce their group, they can point to you and say, oh, well, you you support pedophiles. It's completely flawed logic. It makes no sense. But at the same time, if Michal Martin were to say it, that's that's how they take him down. They'd be like, oh, he supports pedophiles. And it's just like, oh, I just yeah, I know. Like the thing is, like I have also seen it. Like I, I'm definitely starting to feel a massive sense of frustration, um, around people. And like I don't necessarily blame anyone. I feel like a lot of things could have been dealt with a lot better. A lot of things they could have, have, yeah. Um, so I can understand where a lot of frustrations are coming from. But I have started to see a rise in people our age very much being very anti-masker. Mm. And, you know what, like, uh, uh, the point that no people ever, I never really hear people bring up, is that in a lot of Asian countries, it was very common before this pandemic to wear masks anyway if you were ill. That This was no secret. This, wasn't, this isn't a new phenomenon. When the um, Spanish flu pandemic broke out in 1918, people were also wearing masks then. And people are kind of like, the, the debate is kind of like, oh, this is a form of control. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a, it's it's a piece of cloth and like it's not like like there's I've heard debates like the government is putting things in your mask and I'm like well I made my mask so I don't know how the government's getting its hand <laughs> remember the video on Facebook I don't know if you saw it but it was like a simple surgical mask and um <laughs> someone was taking out bits of machinery obviously from under a cloth from the from the mask and I did that in air quotes Lucy's on but you guys didn't and like they took out like a whole laptop and like a pc drive and like thousands of wires and it was so funny because it's like how, how, how can you control people via masks like I see people being like oh they're censoring free speech and you know everything like that and really okay I want to let, let, let's talk about like the misinformation around masks if you don't wear your mask properly it's not um protecting you 
first of all it's protecting other people from your your moisture drops and droplets and and spreading and coughing and so you don't cough on surfaces or cough into your hands and put it on different things i i might like there's a video of a swan that picked up a woman's mask and snapped it back in her face i might start doing that on public transport like <laughs> just picking <laughs> just like smacking people with their own masks like wear it over your nose because like I just don't understand how you can wear a mask incorrectly. It's uncomfortable to wear it incorrectly, first of all. Like, I do, like, I have a lot of empathy. Like, I feel like masks can feel very, like, suffocating when you don't... Claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. claustrophobic is the word I'm looking for. When you don't learn how to, like, breathe correctly, it makes your mm-hmm. body go into this, like, panic breathing mode. Mm-hmm. And I do understand that some people find that quite hard. And it is a, it is kind of a skill you have to learn. To mm-hmm. be like, I'm not saying like, oh, you have to be skilled to wear a mask. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like, I can understand where people's discomfort yeah. come from. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'd rather be a little bit uncomfortable than in an ice. Tough on someone. Yeah. Like that's the reality of the situation. And like, I know I keep saying it like I'm a broken record, but there is a lot of frustration when it comes to this lockdown. And I saw certain politicians. Um, I like I can give links to names I'm not going to name anyone at the minute politicians coming out and saying like we can't go into another lockdown like um more people will die um so I'm going to give a little trigger warning for this section Mm -hmm. but more people will die from suicides and mental health and we're not caring for mental health and we can't go into another lockdown because of mental health and Mm -hmm. I'm like that is all well and good and that is a very very valid debate but you don't get to pick and choose when you want to care to support mental health yeah because the mental health system in Ireland is severely underfunded. People are on waiting lists for up to two years. You don't get to decide you suddenly care about it now. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's such think, a big fuck you to no, anyone who had mental health issues before. It's I think like, it's great that you're claiming that you do care. And I think it's very important. We should very much care about the mental health services in this country. And mm-hmm. the fact that they are overstretched massively. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of it kind of boils down to the same, like, to me, it has the same energy as, not necessarily the same thing, but it has the same energy as when someone's like, okay, this thing happens to women. And then someone goes, well, what about men? And you're like, yeah, yeah. very valid, a totally valid conversation, but that's not what we're talking about right now. And I think it is very important that we have safeguards and different things in place to look after like mental yeah. health. And like we continually share different helplines mm. and different resources and anything we possibly can do in our yeah like in our last thing. episode we linked a few helplines in the bio yeah. and we've been reposting everything recently but like leo Vradker came out and he said and i think this was it was over the weekend it was either monday what today's thursday oh sorry it was this week when lockdown restrictions were announced again he said i fear a mental health pandemic in this country this country is already saturated with mental is. health issues it is like there is no way to Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael in the past few years have spent more on horse and dog racing than mental health like I hate that they use mental health as almost a scapegoat like oh I, we need to care about mental health yes we do need to care about mental health but mental health is not an excuse to not care about other things you can't just decide suddenly now mental health is important mental health has been a pandemic as such in this country for years and years and years now i mean look at the last crash look at our relationship with alcohol Ex- exactly in society like look at the way that we treat women look at the way that the church permeated social issues such as divorce uh, abortion everything there is no way to be mentally sound in this country unless your family is really well skilled and your parents are somehow not traumatized by their catholic upbringing it is permeated throughout each level of irish society that no one in this country i think is naturally optimistic really anymore and it's just sad i mean like you know we're all cynics. I think Ireland is a, is a nation of cynics, but there's people who are taking it too far. You can make fun of the government, yeah, but like, I hate it when people, see, people I've talked to who are like anti-lockdown and, want, and wanted things to open up again. I had talked to them during, like in the past few weeks 
And they were like, you hate the government. And I was like, yes, but I'm not going to go out there and take part in an anti-mask protest because that is dangerous to other people. It is dangerous to frontline workers. It is dangerous to the health system. If I were to get sick, I am an unnecessary um, case, in, in my opinion, because I'm a young, healthy person. Well, healthy in brackets, not really. But like, I'm a young, healthy person with an, with an immune system who's not immunocompromised and like, you know, don't have any, like anything wrong currently. If I were to get sick, I would feel an un, like so much guilt that I would be taking someone else's hospital bed. The health services in this country should have been expanded last lockdown. And if they're not expanded this time, I, I'll just sigh and move on. But like, it's just, I, I just wish that their bigger steps were taken last time. The thing is, healthcare in the system has not been seen as a priority at all, which is crazy because we're literally living through a pandemic. And the problem during the last lockdown was that a lot of hospitals were very much at capacity, not just with COVID, but with other diseases and other things happening. Mm-hmm. And the government highlighted this and said, look, we have a problem in this country and then never fixed it. They were like, look, we don't care about healthcare, but are we going to do anything about it? Mm, no, I don't know. Like, it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating to see that we are now back at square one. And like, yes, yeah. I think it's important that we do this and it's important that we do this again. And I, I saw a really interesting post that made the point, like, would you give up seven months of your life to give someone else another 50 years of your of theirs or another 20 years of theirs? And the thing is, you'll instantly say, yes, I give up seven months of my life to give someone else well, okay, I would anyway. I don't know about anyone else. But I'd say, yeah, I give up however many months to give someone a number of years more of their lifetime. And like people were like, that's basically what we're doing when we go into lockdown, which is mm-hmm. hard. It's hard to give up your time. It's hard to give up your energy. It's hard to like say goodbye to the world you're comfortable with. But at the end of the day, we are we aren't doing this for ourselves. We're doing it for those that those that are most at risk. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think there was there's ways we could have dealt with it a lot better that we shouldn't have had to end up in this situation by any means but I think we have to accept the fact that this is where we are which is very very hard and it's a lot harder now that we're facing into winter at least when lockdown number one happened when the world ended the first time we were facing spring it was spring warm and bright and the weather was good and we get out into the garden now it's winter and winter is hard enough as it is winter is a very hard season especially on the Irish it's like Ireland has like the fourth highest suicide rate for males in Europe like anyway like regardless of what is happening right now and now that we are I think we're the first country in Europe if not the world that's gone into a second well New Zealand technically went back and forth a few times but that was because their restrictions were loosened a lot um a lot less slower than ours were ours were this to freedom to less freedom to lockdown yeah um and i like new zealand yeah like you know it's i I see when you look at other countries you know it's just it's so many countries spiraled i think i want to ask people at anti-mask and anti-lockdown marches do you not remember mass graves in Italy? Do you not remember New York? There was no news coming out of New York for weeks because that's people were left to die on their own. And it's like, don't they realize about the old population here that that could, that could like, it's, mo- it's even more likely to happen because a lot of old people, I mean, a lot of them are isolated so yeah they're protected especially if they live rurally but what if an old person went out caught the virus went home and then you never hear from them again it's just like I really don't understand how they don't have enough empathy towards the people who can't live their normal lives and I don't know like like this is a whole other topic to get into but like the influencers and COVID-19 I want to write a blacklist of all the influencers who have come out with the the far right theories the owners of Alfie's on South William Street have been 
I just I, I saw them taking their anti-lockdown pictures yesterday and I was like what are you doing lads like why are they spouting such far-right nonsense like um you're one Alicia lip filler worms for brains mo <laughs> like she was talking she said um I'm sitting like she posted a quote being like oh I'm sick of this country I'm going back to 1916 when people had balls and I'm like I'm like so, I'm like sorry Jane, Jane, I was like like James Conley died for your lip filler huh <laughs> did that's he my quote of the day. that's my quote of the day um I think people did have balls in 1916, fair enough. Um, go off, but also at the same time, can we look at the constitution? The constitution doesn't include women. I'm gonna like, not pointing fingers, but Eamon de Valera, I am looking at you. Like Eamon de Valera, Valera very problematic de- king. Like you could say, look, in the past, like we have we have this very, especially in Ireland, we have this very romanticized idea of the past. Of nationalism, yeah. Yeah, no, I have gotten into like actual debates and like, college seminars and lectures over things like this and um this actually leads me into something I wanted to kind of touch on and this is this has come become quite a heavy episode so I am kind of like apologizing in advance and apologizing in general because we will get more lighthearted. don't worry about it but sometimes we yeah have to deal with the issues at hand so getting back to the point I got into not really a debate, but like I-, I was kind of making a point to a lecturer during one of our seminars. We were talking about how Ireland remembers things and mm-hmm. the kind of like performativity of memory and stuff like that. And it was really interesting. And we started talking about the Magdalene laundries. And the way people were talking about the Magdalene laundries was really abstract. They were like in the past, in the past, in the past, mm-hmm. and as if it was like a very long time ago. And you can say, oh, well, that's just, that, that's not necessarily what they mean. It's how they use your, their language. But how we use our language in this country when talking about these things can be very damaging because it can lead us to perceive that we are a different country, that this didn't happen recently. The last Magdalene Laundry closed in 1996. They are now trying to basically lock off all of the like records from Magdalene Laundries for 30 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, I have the list of TDs who voted against it and I will be posting it on our issue and Lavor so you can check if your local TD has decided to vote against vote to seal the records um basically sealing the records removes all accountability to those who are running the laundries it removes all accountability towards the government who didn't yeah. re- re- apologize until 2014 16 yeah. definitely 2010s they it didn't apologize. it was under kenny and yeah even, like i will say I, I i got i very much made this point in my seminar as well that apology <clears throat> sorry i'm losing my voice that apology within itself was just a performance because there was no equity there was mm-hmm. nothing to show that they were actually sorry for what they did yes mm-hmm. i think it was very important to take that step and for him to come out and apologize but you need to do more than that words are not enough and now that we see that they're trying to lock off these records it's clear that there's stuff they don't want us to see and it's like the thing is i always bring up this point they like they the, the two things i'm talking about here that i will be talking about here exist in different kind of veins but have very much the same energy. We, when Enda Kenny apologized, there was basically this promise that this will never happen again. And yet we are now looking at direct provision centers and direct mm-hmm. provision centers no longer, um, I think it's been since, I think since 2017, they no longer report suicide rates. Yeah. They no longer report rates of suicide. There's a lot of things that are left kind of unreported because the government made that decision. The government decided that the people did not need to know that this and they promised when the Magdalene Laundry closed that this would never happen again that people wouldn't be abused in this way that people wouldn't be mistreated that Ireland is the land of a hundred or the land of a thousand welcomes but yet they refuse to welcome people in direct provision they refuse to look after them they're living in basically tenements and they're like the thing is the point I always make is that laundries were a thing that existed for a myriad of reasons but one of those reasons was definitely very like driven by like this patriarchal like capitalist kind of narrative where the laundry was sent off to these women to be done by these women the laundries are making loads of money because people would pay them but the women weren't getting paid it was basically slave labor now we see direct provision where the government the state is paying 
these hotels, these buildings, these places. Well, Armark the main profiter, profiter of um, uh, direct provision, like yeah, like, like it Sub- is substantial. I think it's something like I like I can't think of the figures right off my head. It could easily I think it's something like eight grand a week per person. There's something crazy like that. Like mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. Maybe it's eight grand a month. But these people are barely getting three meals a day. You know. And these meals are like the bare minimum. I don't know if you've seen pictures of the meals. They're like like mashed potatoes um, and a bread roll was one of the recent things I've seen. Like, and that's two carbohydrates. There's no vitamins in that. There is nothing. That is nothing of substance. They, I, they serve mainly bulky carbohydrates to mimic the feeling of fullness, apparently. Like, it's... I'm trying to look up the figures here. Um, um, as you do that, I'll talk about the, so there's been a few, like just talking more about like how influencers are only choosing to um, come out against the lockdown. Um, and it's purely monetary reasons. It is purely money. It is, it is not socially motivated at all, in my opinion. And like, I will gladly, you know, talk to any of them. I will gladly debate with any of them. But they will let direct provision slide. They will let mother and baby home slide. They will let every social I- issue in Ireland slide by without talking about it. But this, like a lockdown, which imposes on their personal lives is too much because they can't go to their events. They can't make their money. Um, and then when, when influencers were breaking lockdown and going to like Ellie Kelly who went to Belfast to that be perfect event um and then she get and then she just her apology was almost like well sure look it happened and it happened and I'm a bit stupid and <laughs> I was like um like it it's just and they come out under the the gut like under this pretend nationalism and it's like you're not a nationalist unless you care about your country and you just care about being able to go like to Pygmalion or, or you care about whether you can go to a club you do not care about people on hospital trolleys before you did not care that Fina Gael and Fina Fall were paying more um towards horse racing and dog racing than they were mental health you do not care that you know homelessness rates were increasing that homeless people died outside the doll last year you did not care about these things before so why are you suddenly a nationalist when it comes to wearing a mask out in public, which we should be doing anyways for cleanliness and hygiene. And it's like, you know, the gym owners are coming out talking about mental health and starting petitions. But really, it's like, you're going to be just losing money if you don't open. So admit that. And like, it just it so happens that a lot of influencers are also professional trainers. I just find that very suspicious, isn't it? That they might be losing out business because of this. It's just such a... It's a vicious circle of people who who are selfish and they don't care. And there are the individuals who are calling for gyms to be open for mental health. And those individuals, they they they're not they don't have any agendas. But I hope people realize that there are people with this horrible monetary agenda and they don't care if people die. They just want to make money. They don't care if you get sick. You know? You know, like I think um a quote from a show I performed um a few months ago which I am still blessed that in that small frame of no lockdowns I got to perform in a COVID compliant show and um, mm-hmm. a line springs to mind and the line was it's true what they say that no one really understands the effects of something until it hits them personally and that yeah. the following line as well a pretty lit- rich girl has finally experienced it loss and I think it's really interesting to see where what people care about and suddenly like when their freedom is taken away like I, it's not nice it's not nice to be in lockdown I understand that I understand people's frustration yeah, it is like and I can empathize with that but at the same time you don't get to pick don't, and choose you don't get to pick and choose what you care about you don't get to say like Ireland was this wonderful place before lockdown what's gone we're all sheep we're all this that like, you know like, these so, I'm so fed up I'm so fed up of this like narrative that's being like pushed 
towards us. And I'm so fed up that the government didn't do like their job properly, that the government like phased out lockdown too quickly. We should have done it gradually. We should have been a lot more careful. We, should have, we shouldn't have been like, oh, it's fine. We got complacent really quickly. We all did. And we cannot deny that. Like, I do know some people that have been very good. So I, I guess it's not fair to tarnish everyone with the same brush. But like, mm-hmm. I went from like at the start of lockdown, every time I left the house, I would have hand sanitizer on me. I would sanitize my hands all the time. Like, when I came home, I washed yeah. my hands. And as yeah. we moved on, I kind of forgot about that. I kind of forgot to do that. I kind of fell out of those habits is because I got complacent and I think it's very easy to get complacent and it's very easy to kind of yearn for the past that we have but we have to understand that we are living in a very unusual time and that sometimes we have to make sacrifices and that we are lucky that we have a house over our head we are lucky that we have somewhere safe to isolate because there's a lot of people that don't there's a lot of people now facing lockdown and they don't know where they're staying they don't know where they're going where they're staying is not safe home isn't a safe place for everyone and it frustrates me that people are complaining and like I'm seeing it a lot with influencers who are complaining from their mansions that they're once again getting locked down and I'm like I understand it's hard I understand it's hard to be isolated but can you not show a little bit of empathy because there has been massive outbreaks in homelessness shelters because they're not COVID compliant because they can't be they yeah. can't be and it's through no fault of their own and it's because they're not getting enough funding to try and fix that and to try and put things into place but when you know where to sleep you will sleep anywhere you're not going to be worried about covid you're going to be worried where your next meal comes from and that's so much more important you're going to be worried about not freezing to death during the exactly. night and especially this time of year like especially this time of year when the country's getting colder this is when um homelessness deaths tend to increase um mm-hmm. And it's something we have to be so, so aware of. And it's also something we have to be aware of that people are no longer carrying spare change on them. So that yeah. change that may have gone I to like food, you can, you can say, oh, you shouldn't be giving change to homeless people. You don't know what they'll spend it on. And I'm like, it's none of my business what they'll spend it on. If they choose to go off and spend it on something, that's fine. That's their issue. But for me to just walk by when I have the kind of like ability to help someone in any way possible and just mm-hmm. go, actually, no, I don't trust you. That's not fair. I just... Sorry, I'm, I'm getting really like riled up right now. Yeah, it is, it's really easy to get super riled up about these issues because like it is because like it, influencers in Ireland are famously there were so many of them. I'm going to use this as a, as a prime example. There were so many people in, in Ireland who did not speak up about repeal until the day before or the day of. They only spoke up about repeal and if and if and when they didn't speak up about repeal, it was kind of obvious what side they were on. Influencers in Ireland are apolitical because they don't want to lose followers. And those who are political, especially amongst COVID, um, are because they so there's an issue with Ireland with trusting science. There is a lot of miseducation and people do believe in wacky stories. I love conspiracy theories. I love like random shit like that. But buying into far right theories and buying into misinformation is this growing problem across Ireland. And there's no one, there's no government body that has realized that this is a major problem. Like when you're like, I'm worried about my own parents and they're really sensible people, but like all the WhatsApp messages that are happening the and the forwarded messages and the, and like just, talking about like you know the whole pandemic thing like okay I just want to ask someone as well who who really buys into it do you think Michal Martin came up with a pandemic do you think Eamon Ryan who left his child on a ferry when I saw him in public he left his kid on a ferry his only luggage was a case of wine and a bike do you think he came up with this no. Do you think all the governments in the world came up with a pandemic? No. Like, no. Who does this benefit? Because it's just making leaders look bad. It's making governments look bad. Like, the thing is with far right theories is that they don't get you. I don't think people really believe in all of it. I think they just get you by like using the mortality rate and things. Like that's how they get people to buy into them. And like, you know yeah the mortality rate is low but like I still know that you know the mortor- the mortality rate for cancer for my age is low but I could still die from it and I'll still try and avoid getting like 
a terminal illness when I'm this age. So why um, should I try um, to avoid COVID? Like the thing is, is that I, I think like I understand that. I think it is very important to question things and question things while they're happening and question like, yeah. why is this new story put forward and not something else? I do think that's very important. Yeah, like RT has its problems and we're all aware that RT yeah. is like a very biased national news. But thing. I think but we only have one national news station. Exactly. So, what people fail to realise with this pandemic, we're not being locked down because of the mortality rate, unfortunately, is the truth of the matter. We're being locked down because of how contagious it is and how it can stay around um, surfaces and how it can be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trans, like transported through the air. Transferred. Yeah. Like yeah. It's from like, yeah, yeah. you can get it. Yeah. That's the thing. That it's the, the reason we're being locked down is because of the contagious levels of it. Yeah. Not necessarily, like they're trying to limit the mortality rate. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. But the mortality rate isn't the only thing that's kind of shaping this lockdown. It's how easy it is to catch it and yeah. how easy it is for it to stay around and to stick to surfaces. Yeah, because like it has been like it has been proven that COVID does live, especially on metal surfaces and mm-hmm. it does last for a while. Um, and if you're not disinfecting those surfaces regularly, it can still spread. And like. I don't, yeah, people do not understand that, yes, very few people have died overall from COVID in Ireland when you compare the case numbers to the people dying. But people dying regularly every day from this illness should not be a reality that we have to face. It should not be on everyone's minds or the people who cares minds, I should rephrase that. It should not be on the people who cares minds about what if I die? You know, this should not be a thing that we are in fear of. Yeah, we are in fear of it. Why? Because people were, were not compliant with the guidelines. The reproduction rate has gone out of control. And the reason why we, like, we're in lockdown again is because winter, infamously in Ireland, flu season is rampant. There is a national flu shot shortage. Even though, like, you know, people are distant and everything, Illnesses spread quicker in winter. We're all aware of it. And like the National Health Service cannot cope with the current rate of cases in Ireland. If we had a thousand cases per day, that's like, you know, out of all of them, that's like what, two people in ICU every day? We would run out of beds in less than a month. So then you're left with people without ICU beds and, you know, tough luck you know you you can't breathe so and it's like I wish people would put this one and one together of we have a bad health service and we've known about this for a while we've known about the trolley situation when I was in hospital it, I was fortunate enough to get a bed within the first 12 hours of me being there which is really unusual and like you know imagine being there for 12 hours and you can't breathe you know, and I like I was there in mild pain, so I could put up with it. But if I couldn't breathe or stay conscious and I didn't have a bed for 12 hours, it's like, don't get sick because once you get into the hospital, there's, no, there's not a high chance of you coming out perfectly fine. And I think like, in like COVID aside I think this time of year we do kind of need to be careful because there is always a spike in the amount of people that need hospital beds around this time of year especially elderly people and hospital beds become few and far between and I think there is a huge amount of frustration that we expected another spike um of COVID when winter came but we were not prepared for it it's like yeah. it, like the, the problem is the frustration comes from the fact it's like we're in lockdown number one again but we don't know what the fuck is going on but we've already had lockdown one. We should have learned from that. We should have known what to do and the government didn't. And I think the government fucked up. Now, obviously I don't know the answers. I don't like, I'm not, I'm no professional. I am no scientist. I am no doctor. I am no healthcare. I am not in the government. So I don't have these answers. I don't have them to give to you. But that doesn't mean I can't say there should have been something done. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I think that's the most, like, I think taking away from all this, like this is the most frustrating talking point is that, we're not in lockdown because of the actual virus. Like, 
we're not in lockdown because of how um like how many people are dying that that is that is true we're not in lockdown because we're in lockdown because the health service does not have enough room to house a thousand people in hospital per day um and a thousand people can infect two thousand people and two thousand people can infect five thousand the, the unfortunate truth of it is is that we are the unfortunate truth of the situation is is that by us being in lockdown it means less general accidents will happen as well less there'll be less kind of like I, there'll be a decrease i don't have the statistics exactly but it's not a far cry to be like there'll probably be a decrease in road accidents because there'll be less people in the road and kind of stuff along those lines um, a is not only to prevent covid it's preventing like the health care system from becoming oversaturated during a pandemic Quite a large convoy of Gardaí public order unit vans have just been dispatched to Marion Street, which has now been sealed off by barriers. Oh, wow. They're going in. I, I feel like that is a prayer answered from God. <laughs> that they're actually doing something. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just looking up extra... stuff right now seeing if there's anything um obviously this isn't like this is very interesting that this is happening um this was half an hour ago there hasn't been much update. So perhaps on the news at nine o'clock, when we've stopped recording, there'll be more news on this. But that is very interesting that the Guardi have decided to show action. We'll see if anything happens. Um, I think we should wrap up this episode with like, what are, what are your plans for lockdown too? Well, <laughs> what do you want to do? My, what do my plan accomplish? for lockdown 2.0 seem to be working. Um, my the place I work has been deemed as an essential service, so we shall see how that goes. That's um, very funny to me, but it has been deemed an essential thing. <laughs> we're not saying where it is, but it's still. Yeah, a bit I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to lose my job, um, but obviously, I'm going to be very, very careful. Um, yeah. Especially with my family, I don't want to put anyone at risk. Like I do have a lot of immunocompromised people around me, mm -hmm. so. If that means I have to take a step back from my job for a while, that could be what I'm doing for lockdown. So I don't really know. Um, it's going to be an interesting, funky and fun time for everyone involved. Hopefully this lockdown will make a bit more art. I'm feeling a little bit more creative. So mm -hmm. hopefully that'll be a nice positive. I, I hope you write some more poetry. <laughs> so do I. I've been writing a lot recently and I hope hopefully I'll keep that streak going. I want to work on some like different videos and different art projects just to keep mm -hmm. myself sane. I mean, I need to do that for winter anyway, just to keep myself sane. But like now I have a double whammy, so I need to keep on top of myself, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And on that point, once again, we, I know I say it basically every episode, but our DMs are always open if anyone needs of course. a hand or an ear or a shoulder to cry on or anything. And we will post as many resources as we possibly can because we understand mm -hmm. it's very, very hard yeah. time. It's hard for all of us. It's hard for us as well. So we're very empathetic to everyone and if you ever feel alone or isolated please 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 don't ever hesitate to reach out yeah and as always um in the bio of each episode we do link the helplines to um four of ireland's major helplines and we'll probably include a few more this week as well um because i know like and it was nice to see everyone sharing um mental health stuff um you know, when lockdown was announced, it was nice to see people, you know, acknowledging that this was going to be hard. Um, I think my plan, I mean, I'm getting a cat on Saturday. That's news for me. That's, um, how <laughs> that's how I'm going to be spending my lockdown, just uh, me and my lockdown cat. Um, who needs a lockdown uh, partner when you have a lockdown animal? Um, hey, but, I have a lockdown partner. What are you talking about? <laughs> I live under your bed. <laughs> uh, 
um yeah like our name is like at the moment still undecided but we're leaning towards like jolene or something like that and another thing i actually will suggest to people and if they're able and they have enough experience um helping out with uh, fostering animals during this time because um during winter there's a lot of like abandoned kittens and puppies um and they do need lovely homes to go to because it is hard to find fosters um, during cold months. So if you have experience with animals and you think you're suitable, do contact your local fostering groups um, because it's such a rewarding experience. Like I did it during uh, last lockdown and it actually it, it improved morale around the house, in my opinion. Um, the cat that we're getting is a rescue as well. So animals are so important for your mental health. They are, and like, it's not like it's curing your mental health issues, but it is nice to have a companion who isn't like human, <laughs> a companion who doesn't speak English and won't ask you any questions. They'll just kind of purr. They'll just purr, yes or no. They're like, okay, you're talking, food, food please, food. And you're like, yes, I love you. Um, I love animals so, so much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think that's a good point to wrap up on. I know this has been a very, very heavy episode, but... I think we've expressed a lot of common views. So I think if people are listening yeah. to, like, this is your rant space, you know, feel free to to re-listen to this episode and, like, talk to us and and, and shout and uh, scream or... I actually, see, I actually do that when I listen to podcasts sometimes. I'll be, I'll, like, start talking. I, I, like yes yes that, maybe yes, that makes yes. me sound a little bit crazy i'm sorry blind boy i've been talking to you for years anyway i'm now really embarrassed so <laughs> but no like it is a very cathartic thing to do when you agree with something just to just to like scream like yes yes i i hear you you know it just feels really nice and it makes you feel a little bit less lonely sometimes um so yeah this has definitely been quite a heavy episode but yeah sometimes they have to be done the next episode i think we're doing another bonus episode fingers crossed yeah um we're going to be a lot more lighthearted. Um, do you know what I'd love to do? What I'd love to do a talk through me trying to make s'mores. I think we might do that, that. <laughs> because I feel like I'd be totally inept in it. That would be fun. That actually, and I can just sit here at my cat. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very wholesome. Um, yeah, uh, we have been. Are you two in love? Or I have been Lucy Holmes. Eva has been Evo Byrne, of course. <laughs> the amount of times I say that, I nearly said Evo Byrne has been Lucy Holmes. <laughs> We're the same person. Surprise. Thank you to everyone who to listened. Thank you for getting to the end of this episode. And if you didn't, that's fine. It was a heavy one. I don't really blame you. Yeah, and stay safe, guys. Um, yeah. Lines and bio, as always. And check out the Instagram for more lockdown memes because I will re it will return to being my spam account again. <laughs> but thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.